Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm so excited for this new season because the guests that I have are really tuned into bringing joy to the forefront of your life and working through the truth testimonies that they have navigated on their own. So today's guest is no exception. She's been on the show several times, and we're just going to take it in a whole nother unearthing growth arena today. So welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me again. I know it's so good (laughs) to have you back, but I thought of you right off the top of my head when I thought about adjusting Cup of Joy, the podcast to really speak a little bit more pointedly uh, at divorced women. And I know that you have been through divorce yourself, but you've also gone through so many shifts, so many changes. And April, which is going to be when people are listening to this one, April on the show is really all about telling your truth and transformation. Mm. And Mm. I think that you're just one of those humans who can't help but share your truth now that you've gone and navigated transformation and continue to evolve and transform and all of those things now that you're in a different space of your life. And so I just think that's such a beautiful thing. And today I wanted to kind of talk about what I'm calling the should cycle. Mm -hmm. And I, and so this conversation is relevant to all human beings is not specific as are all the topics on this podcast. They're not specific to divorced, uh, just exclusive rather to divorced women, because at the end of the day, it all boils down to the same emotional hoo-ha and, um, whatnot. But I know that as a divorced woman myself and you being a divorced woman, I think we both experienced the like shoulds of marriage, the shoulds of divorce, the shoulds of getting over and going through grief and moving through healing and all those things. And what it looks like on the outside of hearing people trying to tell you what you should do, what you should be, how you should, 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 shoulding all over you, right? (laughs) Until you kind of decide for yourself, like, I know what I need. I know what's right for me and all that kind of stuff. So that's the direction we're going to kind of go today. But First, maybe share a little bit about your backstory, pre-divorce, what life kind of looked like, mm-hmm. and we'll just trail into the kind of more current situation as it evolves. Mm, yes, so good. And I, I just want to thank you for seeing me in and and seeing me as somebody who speaks my truth. That is such a compliment for me because that was not something that was a quality of mine for most of my life. And it really, uh, it was really a difficult thing to navigate and to strengthen that muscle. Uh, and it just, it took so much courage and really kind of, uh, it applies to, to what you're asking. And um, so just to give you a little bit of, of background, I actually got married at 19 and I got married because it was one of those shoulds. I was pregnant and uh, I actually grew up in the Mormon religion. And so 
it's it's very frowned upon, at least at the time that when I was in the religion to, first of all, to have abortion, it was not an option. Uh, and then also to be married or raise a child out of wedlock. So it's either give the baby up or get married was pretty much what my choices were and, and giving the baby up, it wasn't an option. So I got married. And uh, now looking back, everything's divine. So I, the, the whole experience in getting married was perfect. There were so many experiences that I learned from, but really we shouldn't have gotten married. We were so young. We didn't know who we were or what type of relationship we were, if we were even compatible. So got married at 19 and really wanted to prove that I was was a good Mormon wife and and popped out three more babies and just thinking at some point I'm gonna I'm I'm going like it's I'm gonna find my happiness because this mm. is what I've always been told in the religion is that as a woman you get married and you have babies and you live happily ever after and so I was doing that and was not happy I it, it, my happiness actually was dwindling it just became non-existent the more years and the more you know babies that I added to the family and it was really discouraging but then I had those those constant shoulds from the religion and really it's like I really did ultimately have a choice nothing put a gun to my head and told me I have to stay in this right. marriage and uh, so but I really, I, I really allowed others beliefs of what was right and, and true for my life to like, navigate my life and be my life. And so stayed married for 14 years uh, and got to a point where I just, I was a mess. And I've, I, I'm pretty sure on your podcast, I've talked about eating disorders that I had and was at the end of the marriage was thick and really extreme eating disorders, bulimia, exercise addiction, as well as um, uh, overeating disorder. So it, I, I was just a mess. And it was all because I wasn't, I wasn't being authentic with my truth and what I desired in my life for me. And it was, it was taking its toll on all parts of my life, my mental, my physical, my spiritual. And um, it was really, really scary to, to choose different so I'm going to pause at that point and, and where do you kind of want me to go with that? Yeah, I love that you use the word choose different because mm -hmm. one of the phrases I often use in my coaching is choose again. And it sounds yeah. so simple. It sounds so simple to literally just kind of snap your fingers or nod your head and go choose again choose differently. Another phrase I use is like, do life differently. And I also reached the point where I was so unsatisfied with how I was living my day-to-day -day life, which sounds like what you're describing, just like, mm -hmm. just so unsatisfied, but nobody around me knew that because I did a really good job making it appear as though yeah I was all right everything's great everything's good <laughs> got my stuff together you know because this is how women should be when they're living life like this is how we should present ourselves this is how we should do things this is what's next on the life list right yeah and yeah. so but when you get to that point internally it's it, it for me it just felt 
really, really tight, constricted, toxic in my body where it was like, how can I continue to live my life like this out, out of this authentic space and present myself in this way? Like I could no longer continue to think about what other people thought I should do. I had to do life differently. Mm -hmm. So what did you do to really respond Mm -hmm. to your own soul's request Mm -hmm. to do life differently? Like, how did you answer the call? Mm -hmm. Through just really painful for all people involved choices. Uh, I didn't, I didn't do it in a healthy way at all because I didn't know. I didn't know how to honor my truth and how to speak my truth. I, so I actually ended up cheating on my husband, like fully sabotaging the relationship. And that was my way of like getting out because I knew when I made that choice, I knew in that moment, I am ending my marriage, this, this will end my marriage. And at that, I didn't know how to do it any other way, even though, I mean, you're like, what? I mean, just tell your husband, I couldn't, I just didn't have that ability to speak my truth. That's why when you shared that, it was like, ah, I received that. Thank you so much. There's been so much work in me being able to get to that point where I can speak my truth, no matter how painful it's going to be or, or how it's going to hurt somebody um, by, by me speaking that, but inevitably it hurts more not to, I cause a lot of hurt within Mm -hmm. myself, within the person that I had the relationship with. And of course my husband and my family by making that choice to not speak my truth that I wanted out and I didn't want to be in the relationship. So when I I see people, when I see people choose to speak their truth, despite like how scary it is and what that's going to create and what's, what, what's going to be, what's going to happen going forward from that. I am like, I applaud you. Good job. Mm -hmm. I have friends who have come to their marriage and I I'm, I'm done. And they chose it in a healthy way. And they chose to navigate that. I'm like, ah, so, so yeah, I, um, I, I, I didn't speak what I needed and Mm. it eventually came out what I, what I was doing and the actions that I was taking. And it was really ugly. Uh, we went to counseling and I still couldn't speak my truth. I still couldn't say I want out. I don't want this. Like I, 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 I basically drug him along and, uh, with these like hopes of us being able to make it work. And it just, it, I was done. I was out energetically, emotionally, physically, I was out, and, uh, and it came to the point where he ended up coming to me and just saying, it's time for a divorce. Cause you're just not trying. Like, you, yeah, I, I feel you don't want this. I think the shoulds come into play there as well, where it's like, I, I, <laughs> I put my hands over my face because it just like makes me feel super. It just makes me feel very activated. I was going to say gross inside, but it's kind of one in the same, right? Yeah. When I hear people say things to other people, because I have received these same types of comments throughout my journey, especially in the very beginning of being newly divorced mm-hmm. of, did you try hard enough though? Yeah. But did you try hard enough? But did you guys go to counseling? But did you guys go to church? But did you guys do all the shoulds? It's yeah. like, but you yeah. should have, if you wanted it, you should have. And it was like, looking back now, I realized that I didn't want it anymore. Um, and I didn't go through all the shoulds, 
but I got a lot of feedback because I didn't do what I was supposed to do to keep that marriage for as long as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't know that it's necessary for people to try to keep that like iron grip, that, that like tight grasp around a relationship that's meant to breathe. Yeah. And that can mean a lot of different things for other people. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think it's really brave to take ownership over the fact very publicly. That's even more difficult to do, right? Mm -hmm. It's difficult to speak your truth just in your tight, close circle. Like that's, yeah. that's a tough step, but it's even bigger to speak your truth to the masses to know that you're providing inspiration, motivation, normalizing pain in a way mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't realize is possible. Like, guess what? People cheat on their significant others. Mm -hmm. It happens. People do things that they're not proud of and it happens. And we get to forgive ourselves. We get to forgive others. We get to move through life. There gets to be so much room for healing, but it all starts with speaking your truth mm -hmm. and recognizing that the shoulds, uh, they're, they're just insignificant. Like you should only do what feels right for you in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Always your take on that. <laughs> always. And what's right for you can shift and change. So, um, I, I love, uh, there are so many things that you shared that I, I just could touch on. So one is, um, that, you know, when, how do I want to navigate this? First of all, I want to touch on, uh, on cheating and, and kind of my process. This is a little bit off track, but I feel like it's important. And, and that is my process of, first of all, being able to name it and speak it out was very, very difficult because there's so much shame and there's so much judgment out there to when, when people make those choices. Now, here's the thing is that it is, it is not just a one-sided thing. There is a co-creation of that manifestation uh, in a relationship. And, um, and so it's important to realize that when people make that choice, whether you're the one that's being cheated on or you're the one that's cheating, that is a cry for help in the relationship. And it's the last straw. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's important for both sides to take ownership to like, where, where is my part in this? And, um, and, and maybe it's that you picked somebody who's just really toxic and that's kind of a pattern that you do. And, and where can I, what can I heal? So I stop attracting and people that are doing these things. Or where did I fall short in this relationship where my lover has chosen to go outside of this, this, um, this sacred contract with us and chose to seek connection and, and love somewhere else? You know, there's, uh, there's, there's so many things to it that it's so important for us to look at it from those lenses and from those places and take radical responsibility where, where, where you play in this role. Oh, so that's, that's one piece. That's yeah. so important. If I can so just important. touch on that for a second, because yeah. the other part of it too, is for me, at least it was realizing like there comes a point in your relationship with anyone where you kind of have to look at it and go, if something's off, what's off within me? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I not delivering to my own self and my own soul that I am not communicating to my partner that I need, or I have, and they're not on the same page, but regardless, I'm requesting them to 
take care of whatever this need is with inside myself. And so I love that you said it's this collective. Mm -hmm. It is so a collective experience, even when it comes to the aspect of cheating. And I love that you said, like, it really is for so many people, this cry for help or this just Mm -hmm. like, this isn't what I want anymore. It's not so much like you are a horrible person not you specifically, mm-hmm. but the person um, who is being cheated on even right. like they're not a horrible person necessarily, maybe, but mm-hmm. most of the time not, they're just going through their own stuff. But it's like, I haven't recognized what I needed to fulfill within myself and what, and, and what I needed to fulfill as a team mm-hmm. um, to move forward. So, yeah. Yeah. And what I realized for my relationship personally was that there was a lack of communication and connection. And it was from the very beginning. So I went 14 years of just not feeling connected and not feeling seen and heard and, um, and loved and communicated to, and, and it was a two way street, you know, there was my parts that I was falling short on. And there was a lot of parts where he was falling short on. And, and it was just kind of inevitable, uh, with just where I was and, and what I needed uh, that I would, I would go outside of, of our contract and, and seek that because I just wasn't getting it for 14 years. And it's like, you can only go so long. Um, so there's, there's that piece, the, um, with, with, with cheating. And then the other piece to it is that it's so important that you give yourself grace and, and that you get to a place of forgiving yourself because we're here to make mistakes we're here to experience all of it. And, and some of those things are really blissful and amazing and expansive. And then other things are really painful. And, um, and it's, and, and when you go out of integrity of like what you're like, who you are and how you want to show up, it it's really painful, but it's this opportunity of, of really going deep within and going like, is this who I want to be? Is this who, how I want to show up? And so then you get to get solid in who you want to be and how you want to show up. So there's, there's this, there's this gift in it. If you choose to, if you choose to really, truly look at it and see and have grace and compassion for yourself, for your choices, but you're never going to get to that side. If you're beating yourself up. And I did, oh, that was a hard one to, to navigate through and, and really, truly forgive myself for, for making that choice. Now, um, I don't have any regret as far as like, um, choosing to divorce, but I definitely had a ton of regret around, around the way that I went about ending the marriage. And so it, I, ha- I, I had to go through this whole process of really, truly forgiving myself, but I had to see that I didn't know, I didn't know how to, how to speak what my needs were and to, and to like receive those from, from my partner that I was, I was in the relationship with. And, and so I, I, I sought it outside of me. So there's that piece that I just felt really important that we touched on. And then going back to relationships and, and just that, that should, like, I should have done all these things to, um, to try to make this relationship work. And, and it's all, it's so individualized. There are some relationships where you really could like kind of spark the relationship again by having somebody support you as far as a therapist or, or, you know, going to a a couple's retreat or something where you're just kind of ignite that fire again. And then there's other relationships where you just know, you know, in your heart, it's complete. 
this contract that we've had together, this soul contract is done. And, and what's so funny and silly is that we, we like end relationships all the time, as far as like friendships go or, um, business relationships. There's like, there's all these different dynamics of relationships that we're in that we allow to flow in and out. But when it comes to our love relationship, it says something about us. If we just suffer through and we just stay, it's something about this, like loyalty and commitment and dedication. And that says something about us when we stay, when we're miserable. And I believe that it is no different in our love relationships that some of those also come to a completion. And, and whether it's um, a relationship where you've actually made a contract, a marriage contract, or it's just, you know, somebody that you're living with. But I just, I don't believe that we should stay in something just because we've like, we you know, set our marriage vows. And now we need to stay despite the fact that every part of our soul is saying it's time to be done. And we don't need to put ourselves through this whole rigorous process of years of counseling and all this stuff. When we've known from the very beginning, when we had that first intuitive hit that this is done and we've got to, we've got to like stop that with, with relationships you know, ah. really, truly allow relationships to flow in and out, all of them. Mm-hmm. And that that's okay. It doesn't say anything about like us and our commitment and loyalty. It just means that that relationship's complete. And to really strengthen your intuition to know what those hits are. I think the com- this conversation around like the shoulds versus just trusting yourself. Mm-hmm to speak your truth whenever that is. And understanding that sometimes, a lot of times actually speaking your truth is, isn't going to feel very good, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. Like it, it, we have to train ourselves to be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't train ourselves to be uncomfortable, then when situations come up, we are where we can speak our truth, but then we suppress ourselves to not speak it because we're afraid of what other people are going to think, what other people are going to feel or what we're going to feel. Mm-hmm. If we're going to feel pain or if we're going to feel contracted or if we're going to feel any other emotion other than just like peace, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times we distract and deter ourselves from going in that direction when indeed our intuition is saying, no, speak that truth, Mm -hmm. what Mm. the situation needs right now more than ever. And I love what you shared earlier on, which was in the moment, it felt like it would just be easier to, I don't think those were yours were your words, but I'll paraphrase. I think that it would just have been easier to go about it in one, in one way, when in hindsight, it would have been quote unquote easier for you to just speak your truth. Mm-hmm. over and on with it versus mm-hmm. all the other things that came up bubbled up as a result of not mm-hmm. um do you yeah. have what kind of advice would you give people who are trying to navigate that conversation with their loved ones as, particularly as it relates to family because we've never really talked about this mm-hmm. part of it but especially from your religious background, right. And your family being a part of that and all the things like your extended family. I mean, like all of that stuff going on, I guess this is a two-parter. How do you go about communicating? Maybe not. How did you, but how, how in yourself now and your true self now, what would you have told her to go about communicating with the family? And then the second part is just 
when you receive feedback that's not your truth, mm-hmm. then what's the com- what's the communication? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Two parter there, if that makes sense. Yeah. It comes back to really truly um, building up that muscle of being able to speak your truth. So for the first question, and and it's it's super scary at first, um, but uh, you know honestly, it's it's like, oh, there's, so I'm going to, I'm going to share a process that I, that I went through of being able to get to that point where, and I know you were talking about with family, but I'm just, I'm going to kind of broaden it to just people in general, especially in like relationship dynamics of being able to speak my truth. And what I noticed was, okay, so first I didn't really, I, I mean, I knew that my choices of not speaking my truth in my relationship created a lot of pain, unnecessary pain, but I didn't, I didn't know enough to understand like how, how much like unnecessary pain I created until I started really looking at my, my patterns of not speaking my truth. And then what it, what it created, like the ripple effect of that. And my, my thinking was, I don't want to speak this because it's going to hurt their feelings or they're going to be mad. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to, that people pleaser in me was like, I'm just not going to say anything. And I'm going to just, just stifle down my truth and what my intuition is telling me to do or not do. And I'm just going to, I'm going to sacrifice that and just allow it to just keep going and not say anything. And maybe it'll just like go away and it doesn't. And then more pain ends up happening. And so I was noticing that while I was single and dating people and just like my, my intuition was telling me, I don't want to be with him anymore, but it was so hard to say that because I don't want to hurt his feelings. And what I realized is that it caused more damage and more pain because now I'm not speaking my truth and they can feel that there's an energetic feel. And, and so then it's off and then you're in it. You're like, you know, now you're months into it or like even years into it or whatever. And, and then you're like, I, I want out. And they're like, what? I don't, like, this is so painful. But if you would have shared it in the very beginning, that it, it would have been, yes, they might've been upset or whatever, but they would have, it would have been less painful for them. If you would have, if you wouldn't have been living in a lie of what, what it, what your truth was or what you wanted. And so it really took like me kind of bridging that gap of my intuitive hit of this is what I need to do, or this is what I need to speak. And then actually speaking it, like it took some time and I had to give myself grace that this is hard for me. This is not something that comes easily for me that does for some people it does. And it's just so easy for them. Nope. That's a no. And I'm like, man, that's amazing. I wish that that was something that came naturally for me and, and it didn't. So I had to practice it and I had to take those courageous steps of, I remember one time needing to tell somebody that I didn't want to be in a relationship with them. And I was just like, like crippled with just so much fear of speaking this because I had a feeling that he wouldn't take it very well. And I remember just thinking I couldn't, I couldn't get on the phone. I needed to like just text it or, or maybe I sent like a voice note. And, um, I, I, I think I probably texted out cause I just couldn't like actually speak it. And I remember sitting there just like in cold sweats of like, just send, just send, just send. And I remember sending it and just going, okay, it's done. It's out there. And he didn't respond well at all. But I was so proud of myself that I just, I spoke my truth. And so the more that you do that, 
you, it'll spread into all parts of your life, whether it's uh, in a love relationship or it's to a friend or it's to a family member that you're going to allow yourself to have the uncomfortable conversations and to speak your truth. And then you're teaching people Yes, that, you know, that you are somebody who honors your boundaries and honors your truth. And then you're creating these really healthy relationship dynamics in all parts of your life. And, and now the relationship that I'm in, if there's anything that's uncomfortable, my boyfriend knows I, I, I call it out right away. I don't let it sit and stew. And he know he's so, he's so tuned into me that he's like, I already knew you were going to bring it up and, or he'll call it out, you know, yeah. like, like, I know that you want to talk about this thing, but I'll just say, Hey, there's something I want to name. There's, there's something that like was said or done that I want to talk about how it made, how it made me feel. And this is like, this is what I'm like processing through. I'm taking that radical responsibility of like, this is mine and we're in a co-creative relationship. So this is ours. And we're going to talk about this and just get it out there and clear the air so that our relationship is clean. Yeah. Because if you don't, if, but you got to practice that, it's got to be something that is not just like when really big things happen in your relationship where it's like, whoa, this is a doozy. Because if it hasn't been practiced on little things, it's going to be really hard to speak your truth and speak your needs when something really big happens because it hasn't been practiced in the relationship. That's it. I mean, and, and it can be little things too, right? Because I think a lot of times people think that building that trust within yourself or that self-expression or that truth telling, it can it only happens like in big moments. It can literally be happening in small moments where you're sitting at the dinner table yeah. and your big th- family Thanksgiving and you no longer like cranberries or your, your grandma's <laughs> recipe, right? And, and everybody looks at you like you're crazy because you mm-hmm. don't take grandma's secret recipe. And they're like, but you always love those things. Yeah. You know what? I don't really have the Not taste anymore. for it anymore. And yeah. it goes the same thing in relationship too, right? Yeah. Like I just don't have the taste for that anymore, especially when we're in long-term relationships, mm-hmm. be it friendships or romantic relationships or whatever kind of relationship, the longer the relationship goes, the more we get to be adaptable and speak our truth lovingly, mm-hmm. because if we don't, then we're putting on this facade that we're something that we're not. And mm-hmm. that's one of the greatest gifts. I think there's so many gifts now that I'm on kind of the other side of, of the pain. There's so many gifts that I realize have been given to me as a result of moving through divorce. And one of those things is that now that I've started in a fresh relationship, it's not so fresh anymore. It's been like five, six years, I think five years this year, which is still mm-hmm. kind of fresh. Yeah. The moment I met this wonderful human being, I realized it is my priority to be totally transparent Mm -hmm. for myself all of the time. Because if you just try to go down the traditional route of going on the date, being a type of person that they're going to want to be with, that's where we fall into these traps because you were never being the person that you love, Mm -hmm. that you trust, that your authenticity is shining through. And then they wonder why you all of a sudden morph into this person over the months or years that you're together. Whereas if you can go from the beginning, truth telling Mm -hmm. and not shooting all over the place, there's this beautiful thing that gets to unfold where, like you said, your partner becomes very intuitive with you. Mm -hmm. And either asks or knows what knows to expect that 
whatever pops up, you're going to say something about it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're going to sit with it and say something feels off. I can't name it right now. Or I don't want to name it just yet because sometimes we need space, Mm -hmm. but I want you to know there's something there and, and there's something I know that, that will, that will be coming back to. And maybe in, Mm -hmm. if, when I say that with my partner, he's just like, same thing that you said. He's like, yeah, I figured, I figured there was something that we needed to talk about. It's so good. And it, you know, um, I, it, it uh, brings up a, a, a recent experience that my boyfriend and I were, were navigating through that was so awesome. So we do family night every Tuesday night and we all come together and we eat a meal. And uh, my boyfriend was, he's got these, he's got these new things that are going on in his life that he's really, really excited about. Well, he had his phone at the table and he just was like, you know, messaging some people back and forth and engaging in the conversation and going back to his phone. Well, that's a huge pet peeve of mine. Uh, First of all, no phone at the table. I don't even let my children have the phone at the table. And then the other one is that my love language is quality time. So when somebody is disconnected by coming in and out of either a TV or a phone or just something where they're not fully engaged and present, it's, it's very triggering for me. So uh, I ended up sharing with him after the night, I, I asked him, you know, a little bit later on, like, Hey, you should, you should put your phone away and just be with us. Um, and then afterwards, because it wasn't like fully discussed, I, 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 you know, called him up and I'm like, Hey, I would like to, I'd like to name something and talk about it. And he already knew what it was um, <laughs> because we're just, we're, we're that in tune, but, but sometimes like a partner doesn't know, they have no idea. They just don't know. And so they don't know until they know. That's why it's so important to communicate it. And, and there has been times that he's like, I had no idea. Um, and, and I just shared, you know, I shared how I felt and I shared that, you know, it just, it, how it made me feel um, to have him have his phone there and that what my desire was and my desire is to have full connection, full presence. And we had this great discussion and he was able to receive that. And he came back to me and said, thank you so much for just speaking that. I want to show up 100% in this relationship and make sure that you feel loved and you feel connected to. And so by by calling me out on these things just shows your commitment and your love to this relationship. And that's just amazing to be able to have it be received and not just like, oh my gosh, like it's not a big deal. You know, I have my, like that doesn't feel good. So yeah. it like really, really speaking to your partner that like, I'm not trying to point my finger at you. All I'm trying to do is name something that can be a wedge in our relationship and can cause more. Cause if I didn't say anything, he doesn't know. And he's going to continue to keep his phone there at the table. And it's going to be something that eventually I get so upset about. And then it creates more, there's more disconnection, more disconnection. And then it, th- it becomes something that didn't need to become something. (laughs) If you would have just named it in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I think that what you said earlier around just having so much compassion, compassion for yourself, compassion for others who are willing to also speak their truth um, instead of jumping to conclusions. Because at the end of the day, um, when we're moving through some tough times, compassion will give you courage Mm -hmm. and also bring you to this space of safety. So I think for me, what I learned about myself is if ever I'm going through something tough, like you mentioned, really owning it and forgiving yourself, those are key, key elements right there, owning Mm -hmm. it and forgiving yourself, forgiving others, whatever you need to do, but also feeling safe enough to do that. And you can Mm -hmm. speak your truth when you practice safety. And there's a million ways that, that you can 
cultivate safety. You and I both teach practices on this. Yeah. So um, if people need, need support doing that, they can reach out to us. But learning how to bring safety back to your body is going to be for me, one of the number one tools mm. of speaking your truth, because it's going to feel yes. really uncomfortable and really scary sometimes, but you can be scared and mm. also hold yourself in a safe space all at once. Mm-hmm. You know, a hundred percent. And that's, that is why I feel I can continually go to my partner and share with him how I feel, how an experience made me feel, because I feel safe expressing that because I know he's going to receive it and he's going to implement the actions that I'm like, that I'm desiring, or we're going to come to a middle ground, you know, cause it's not always, I'm like, oh, it's not always, Hey, this is how I feel. And he's just like, okay, let me change it. There may be something where yeah. it's like, well, I, you know, I, this is the way that I feel. So where can we find our middle ground? Safety is essential. And I say that to him all the time. I feel so safe expressing my truth to you. So if you're in a relationship where you don't feel safe and it's not received, well, that's something to look at. Mm-hmm. And that's something to really seriously consider. Okay. What can shift what like, and, and will anything shift because maybe they're not willing and they're not in a place to want to do any type of meeting you in the middle or hearing your experience. And to me, I'm like, that's a red flag because if they truly love you, they want to make sure that your needs are met and you feel seen and heard and loved. So it's either, you know, bring in other, which is like, you know, a counselor or somebody that like that, that you feel safe being able to navigate this thing in your relationship, or, you know, have really, really difficult, open, vulnerable conversations around what can we do to shift this. And maybe it's that you have like, weekly meetings where you kind of check in and just and just ask like, okay, how are we feeling? What could I do better? What could I, what could I do less of or leaving the relationship? Yeah, and, and, and really going through this process of, 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 uh, you know, healing the parts that are attracting in somebody who doesn't see you and hear you and honor your needs, and then find somebody that does. Uh, it's really interesting because this can be used like on so many levels. And the word that keeps coming up from the universe to me right now is like family, 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 family. And if we kind of go back to talking about like communicating to your family about your decision to divorce or your decision to maybe break up with somebody or your decision to not be in a relationship, your decision to maybe not go to church anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a big Mm -hmm. one for a lot of people. I know for, for me, it, it kind of was, yeah. um, your decision to not work this job anymore. Your deci- whatever those decisions are, there's another phrase that I think is really powerful. And that is if you don't feel safe in certain conversations with folks, family, friends, you know, outside of uh, your romantic relationship, even if you don't feel safe, actually talking about the topic, another phrase that I like to use is I like to get the courage I like to get the courage to just say, you know, there's certain things that I don't feel safe talking to you about. It Mm -hmm. makes my body feel really activated, nervous, jittery. Use your words, right? Like Mm -hmm. every time these things come up in conversation, it just feels, it just feels so unsafe. And so Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if this is a topic that maybe is not ours to move forward. 
And there's relationships that you have to do that with and relationships that, that are a little bit trickier, stickier. Um, but also I heard a, uh, a coach say this one time and I thought it was pretty cool. And I'm curious your thoughts on this because we've never mm-hmm. talked about this. It's not yeah. something that we learned, but I heard it and they described um, rating your relationship on a regular basis. Mm. And I think this is important to do with yourself. I do this on a monthly basis as, as part of my monthly reflection audit is like, where am I at with myself on a scale mm. of one to 10? Where am I at with myself today, this week? this month? Like, what does this look like? What does this feel like? And then like, what would make it a 10? I think that's Mm -hmm. just an easy way to gauge. And if you do this, they were suggesting you do it every night when you go to bed, if you've got a partner that you're going to bed with, (laughs) Mm, (laughs) right. Um, or, or you're on the phone checking in with, with this person, if it's a regular frequent partner of yours. Right. And just saying like, Hey, like, how, how are we in relationship today? Because a lot of times we just don't know maybe this person's at a two in, in our shared energy and you're at a 10 and you're like, wow, I didn't even know. Yeah. And then how can we get closer? How can we inch closer to each other? Maybe it's compromise. Maybe it's just shifting of some sort, but checking in, doing those checks and balances, I think can be real, a really cool experiment in any relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So good. And that once again, it just comes down to communication. Communication is everything. That's what I'm, I'm realizing communication safety. So if we don't have those things in the relationship, then it's, it's going to inevitably fail, fail is in just like end. And and we have like such like a negative feeling towards fail. It's like, Mm. we fail all the time in so many things. And that's great. We learn so much from those. Uh, but it's either going to end or it's going to be just, a a relationship that you're just so unsatisfied with. And, and like, that's not what we're here to experience subpar relationships and unhappy lives. We're meant to thrive. We're meant to be in bliss and joy and to be able to experience this life with people that we love and we feel connected to. Mm. So, you know, stop being in relationships and, and, um, in situations that are just draining your life force energy and not, not, not having you feel so alive and so connected. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead. I was just getting another download and the words were what if, and I think a lot of times, um, people will say to themselves when they're in relationship, well, like you will convince ourselves to stay in a situation or a relationship because like, well, if it doesn't work out, then like, it's it's not even what if it's how, like, if if it doesn't work out, like, how am I going to find somebody else? How am I going to move on? How am I? And we get so lost in this, like how game, instead of like, what if, instead of thinking how, 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 what if we ask ourselves the question like, well, what if this allows me to have so much space in my life to figure out what I do want? Mm -hmm. What if, and then just like, I call it A plus assumptions. Mm -hmm. What if your Mm -hmm. way into creating the version of yourself and the life that you truly desire, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was, when I was, my marriage was at the end and I was thinking about, okay, what if I get divorced? What is, you know, is that the best scenario? And of course it's like, you know, then your mind goes into like, oh, what if it's the worst 
choice of my life. What if I, especially with kids, you yeah. have kids. So you're uh-huh. like, you're going like mama brain plus trying to do all the brains. Yeah. And just thinking, what if this was the best that I could get? And I'm going to walk mm. away from that. And because I wasn't, he wasn't abusive. Uh, you know, he's a really good person and we could even do a podcast on like our relationship dynamic now, which is really healthy and thriving. And I'm, it's like, I, I believe that all relationships could come to that if we choose, like, it's gotta be obviously, you know, both people wanting to have a healthy relationship post marriage. Uh, but it's, but it's doable. And it's like, honestly, I feel like if you've got kids, like, yeah, we got to, we got to be that example. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, just going through this, this rabbit hole of what if it's the worst choice I've ever made in my life? And, ah. and really it came down to, okay, I'm miserable. I'm miserable. So I would rather be alone and like have to navigate all those things than stay in this. And that's like, that was the big, the big one for me is that it was, leaving was the lesser of like, you know, the, the, it it created more lightness in my system than staying. And I knew that I was taking a risk and that I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, one of the things that my, my ex would say was like, you know, who's going to want you, you have eating disorders, you're a mess. And he was saying that out of fear of like, you know, cause he didn't know what was going to happen. And he just kind of wanted to keep what was there, even though it was, wasn't, wasn't very good. Um, and who's going to want you, you're old. And of course, like I was, I was, I believe that I was 31 or 32 when we got divorced. So it's like, I still wasn't, I still wasn't that old, but like, but but you think you you are, you think, because again, you should be 20 and married and you should have the dog and the kids by then. And you should be saving for their college fund and you should, they're just all shitting. Right. Yeah. That's what our minds Uh have been trained to do. And just thinking, you know, what if I can't be successful at that time? I was, do, I had a side job of personal training, but it was not making enough. I was not making a full income that I could support myself. And so just what if financially it's the, it's the worst mistake that I can make. And so I was taking some big, big risks in, in taking that leap and, and going back to having discussions with family. When I, when I told my family that we were getting divorced, when we, we did, we came together and, and shared with my family, they just, they came back with, well, do you like hate each other? And we're, you know, both of us know, you know, you know, we, we're, we're friends, but we're just don't, the love's not there. And my family's argument was like, well, why would, like, if you don't hate each other, why would you get divorced? Yeah. And so it was this almost kind of like this, this belief that you need to settle. Like if it's not, if it's not horrible, then just, just deal with it, just stay just for the sake of staying. And once again, it comes back to that. No, you should be so alive and so in love. And it should be that way till the day you die in all parts of your life. And so Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's not that, then it's what needs to change or what needs to be let go of. Yeah. And we are, we are evolving beings. We are never meant to be stagnant and like and just complacent. We are meant to evolve and change. Mother Earth is such a beautiful example. She's constantly growing and releasing and transmuting and like and just recycling and and growing and tearing down. There's there's she's such a beautiful example and we are no different. 
So can we have that ability to be so flexible with our life and not be so stuck on this is it. And when it becomes not it to be okay to let that go and let something else come in. And that doesn't mean like constantly throw things away when things get difficult. Sometimes it, it means that we lean in to the challenge and to this opportunity of growth. And that and that means like staying here and letting yourself kind of navigate this thing. But you only know if it means like, stay here, like lean into this uncomfortableness or it's time to let this go. Yeah. Oh, I love all of that so much. I love also that you use the word alive. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of times people get confused cause they're like, well, you deserve just like, just you deserve to move on so you can be happy. And mm-hmm. I don't know that it's necessarily always happy right it's, it's always, always alive yeah. it's yes. always alive you should feel the aliveness in your soul especially when you're in relationship and when you feel like that soul is dying as a result of not honoring the relationship with yourself yes. and and others yeah it's time to step up and and speak your truth mm-hmm. it's time to stop thinking about what everyone else says you should be doing and just get really real and honest with yourself yes there was a who i don't know who who shared this i think it was a book that i was reading and it was talking about relationships and that we will stay loyal in a relationship with other And we will be disloyal with ourselves because it's not in alignment with what we desire or what, or, you know, what, what we're wanting or who we're becoming, but we're staying loyal to it because that's what society has told us we need to do. And so what we should do, but what is like the ultimate disloyalty is disloyalty to yourself. And so by you being disloyal to yourself, you are actually being disloyal to the relationship. Because yes. if it's not an alignment for you, that person that you're with is, is, uh, is not getting the fullness of you. And so you are actually robbing them of like, of a really alive and fulfilling relationship by, yes. by staying in it when mm. it's a no for you anymore. That is so good. And I also just thought of when you said, um, anyways, I thought of society always tells us that we should be honest, right? Mm -hmm. The golden rule. Well, the golden rules treat others as you want to be treated. That's nice. But also like you should, you shouldn't lie. So you Mm -hmm. should be honest. So if there's Mm -hmm. any should that we should follow, that's the one that I'll allow. Yeah. Be truthful. (laughs) Be Be honest. Be honest with yourself. I think a big, huge part of this, and you mentioned it earlier, was building that trust muscle. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't trust yourself if you continue to live a lie. The more that you suppress those truths, the the more depleted, I call it the trust bank, that the trust bank in the body is going to get. Every time Mm -hmm. that you're not loyal to your truth, to yourself, Mm -hmm. don't keep those promises to yourself, um, it just, we lose trust. So the best way to build up that trust bank is to be honest with yourself. And maybe the first step is just that. Maybe it is self-dialoguing the truth. If you can't say it to the other person just yet, maybe it is feeling safe enough 
to actually communicate it to yourself out loud, Mm -hmm. not in your brain, but say it out loud in your car on the way home from work, go to the park and sit on a blanket and look up at the clouds and say that truth to yourself until you feel safe enough to communicate it out outward. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that that's a really beautiful way to honor yourself. I did a lot of self dialogue when I was going through divorce and uh, a lot of, a lot of tearful truths. You know, I always say like, tears are truth. There's something in there. There's either a painful truth in there, um, a happy truth in there, but tears are always kind of this representation of me of this reminder that there's truth in there. Yeah. It's okay to lean into the truth, no matter what end of the spectrum it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, what ends up happening when, when we're dishonest with others and we're not speaking our truth that it builds up and builds up and builds up and there becomes this resentment towards the other person uh, because your needs aren't getting met but you're not speaking them so really ultimately there's resentment towards yourself there's this there's this frustration and anger towards yourself that you haven't been speaking them mm-hmm mm-hmm oh so many amazing nuggets as usual. I just want to thank you for coming on and speaking your truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know it's not easy. Uh, I, I know it's not easy for anyone to come on here and the way that you're just so vulnerable and no longer living with that shame, that um, shame and regret. It's such a powerful process of the healing journey when we can just be open and honest with ourselves and share with others. So thank you for doing that yeah. here today. Um, I would, I'm actually curious if you have, it's just a different way to end the podcast today, but if do you have a favorite quote that you can share with us? Yes, I do. Yes. I love it. I mean, yeah, I know there's, there's, there's multiple quotes that I absolutely love, but I feel like this one is, is just great and just kind of ties in, um, in, uh, in what we've been talking about. And that is that, uh, if the destiny, if the journey is not the destination, then you're doing it wrong. Oof. If the journey is not the destination, then you're doing it wrong. So we're always so focused on like, when I get here, then I'll be happy, abundant, safe, whatever. It's like, can you, no matter where you are, whether you're in like the thick of just a really hard relationship or you've just laughed, laughed a relationship and you're in the thick of the, the unknowns and the loneliness or whatever, or wherever you are, or you're just desiring a relationship and it's been a while, can you allow yourself to just enjoy the journey and the place that you are right now Mm. and not be focused on like when, 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 like that's, that's the key to being fully alive and to really truly be in this place of contentment. Cause like happiness, it's, it's fleeting, like all of that, but we can be content with our life if we can just fully be here and just allow yourself to experience exactly what you're experiencing right now, because you won't experience it ever again, well, at least not in like who you are and where you are. You may come back around to certain feelings and certain experiences, but it's different. And so can you just enjoy where you are now? So beautiful. That exists. So beautiful. I, I truly believe that joy is the journey, like the, the, it joy is the journey. It is. We're always on it. It's not these ebbs and flows. So that was a perfect way to wrap things up. If people want to find you these days, I know you're kind of a little bit more mystical these days, not yeah. doing social really. <laughs> yeah. How can people be connected to you? And we'll put them in the yeah. show notes too, but how can they be more connected to your energy? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't do social media, but I do have a podcast and you have been on it. So you can find that on Spotify. It's ignite, awaken, expand podcast with me. And there's just really great topics that, that we jam on on there. So they can find me on Spotify or my website, which is starlightcoaching.com. And yeah, those are the places that you can connect with me. You can email me there. Or you can listen to all the things that I love to talk about on my podcast. Amazing. Yes. We'll put everything in the show notes. If you guys want to hear more from Carrie or I on any topics, make yeah. sure you drop them in the comments below or reach out to either one of us. We would love to have deeper conversations on here with you yeah. in mind. So thank you so much for being here. I adore you. I love you so freaking much. I love and I'm too. just so, so much gratitude. Yeah. I love you too, mama. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right, everybody take care, go out into the world, shine your light bright and love yourself healthy. See you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfully be drop me a message question or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!